Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. So before I get into introducing my guest today, I want to tell you guys some of what I've been watching this week. Um, I started the Nexium documentary on stars seduce, which is sort of like from the POV of India Oxenberg. And it's interesting because I watched nine episodes of The Vow and it's made, made me rethink The Vow entirely because although I still think The Vow was really well done, I feel like it didn't get to the meat of, of Keith Raniere and all the horrible things he did. And I realize now that it kind of went as, wasn't as good as I thought it was. So I highly recommend it. It's, it's a little more of a straightforward doc. It's sort of not as innovative. It's told from the POV of India Oxenberg, which she's a little scripted. I don't love that part of it, but it's, it's great to see her out of the cult. I'll tell you that. Um, I mean, I just, I guess I can't get enough of this cult. That's really the bottom line there. I started Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I only made it through one episode, but I really love that series on Netflix if you haven't checked it out. It's just, you know, it's sort of like an oldie book goodie series, but reinvented a little bit, made a little bit more premium. And the mysteries are just so good. If you love true crime, I highly recommend Unsolved Mysteries. And finally, I did start on my next guest, which is David Letterman's show. I've seen pretty much every episode and he has a new season out. I watched the Kim Kardashian episode and the Dave Chappelle, and I really enjoyed both of them, actually. Um, Dave is like a little sort of, you know, old white guy, been there, done that, but he's still... You just, you know, the cachet of Dave and the way that he gets his guests to open up. I dig it. I like it. So moving into my guest on the podcast today, it is producer extraordinaire Holly Carter, Dr. Harley Carter, to be precise. And Holly is a force to be reckoned with. I've only known her for a few months. I already worship at her altar. She just makes it happen. She started out in casting. You'll hear all about that. She then transitioned into managing, you know, little acts like Usher. And then she went on to create some unscripted hits like Preachers of L.A. and Atlanta for Oxygen. And then her piece de resistance, she brought her 17-year-old baby to life, The Clark Sisters, which is the Lifetime movie based on the true story of The Clark Sisters. It not only released in a pandemic, but did record numbers for Lifetime. And I'm just so proud of her. And it's such a great lesson in just holding on to your passion and not letting go till it happens. So Holly will tell us how she did all of it while also being a spiritual and really grounded person with just an amazing head on her shoulders. First of all, Holly, we're just starting. Thank you so much. We're both having the most insane day. You're having probably a 10 times crazier day. So you're amazing to even fit me in. No, I'm excited to do this. <laughs> you're so cute. Well, Tell everyone about your day so we could just get a glimpse into Holly Carter's life. Well, um, I am up at six o'clock for prayer and then I am off at 6.30 for workout. I am back at for my 8.30 own production check-in because we're doing two specials for own for holidays. And so at 8.30, we are all on the call tackling what needs to happen today we had to reschedule a shoot that we had with Boys to Men um, because they were doing a performance and a give back. So we had to cancel the families, had to cancel them, had to check in with their manager to make sure that they're going to show up tomorrow. Um, and then I've got a senior who's... Um, a senior in high school, just to be clear, not a senior citizen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, not a senior <laughs> citizen. I have a senior in high school 
school, I am also a, a high school teacher at Sierra Canyon, um, you know, <laughs> thanks to the pandemic and the crisis. So managing that, her college, her business, she has a business. So managing her team for her business and then trying to be a wife, giving up the goods when you need to. <laughs> It's a lot. I know you've just encapsulated the life of a working mother. I mean, yeah. truly, but like a very successful one, which you are. All right. So that was amazing. Cause I love, there's nothing I'm more obsessed with than um, people's routines, but that's a different story. That's a whole other podcast. So <laughs> let's back up for a minute. I always start by saying how I know my guest. And so you and I met through Sierra Canyon um, through a project that we were going to do together. And when I met you, I, well, what we discovered when we were introduced is that I had actually tried to track you down four years ago through our mutual friend, Daryl Miller. And I don't know, I never heard from you. You were probably having another insane day and, and I forgot about it. But then when we reconnected, I was so excited because I was like, wait a minute, I actually wanted Holly on the podcast four years ago. So it was serendipitous. And I'm so glad that A, I finally connected with you and B, we finally met and got to know each other a little bit because I feel like, I, you know, you're one of these people I just feel like lucky already to know and it's only been a few months. So that's a, so cool. a long-winded Thanks. intro, but I know that we're going to end up working together. It's a matter of time, yes. but I agree. you're a very busy lady. All right. So there's a lot to get into. I kind of want to start at the beginning because I know, you know, sort of like your resume of the last probably 10 years, but I don't know sort of where it all started. Now on your, on your bio, it says that you actually started in casting for like big shows. So, so take us back to the beginning. Where did it all start? Um, well, I, um, started in casting for recreations. I literally started at hard copy. Oh, wow. And, and uh, my godfather worked at hard copy. And for hard copy, my job was to cast um, recreations, like the people who got murdered, find <laughs> people that look like them, and, you know, let's make a show. And so that's literally what I did. And it was, I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. I, I think I like this. And so um, I got an opportunity to, to get my first like real casting gig with Monica Swan and Eileen Knight. And they were the casting directors for In Living Color, Martin, Rock, and all of these places. And so I, uh, and by the way, uh, Monica Swan happened to be a sister to, one, to my pastor at the time. And so that's kind of how I got in there. And as I started working my way up, she started referring me to Eileen Knight. Um, and Eileen Knight is the one that did rock. And so I spent time in casting. I think I was in casting five years. And, I, and that is probably the best place to start because you, A, learn how to research. B, you learn how to spell people's names right. Because my casting director <laughs> is like, is that how you spell his name? I don't think so. Go back and spell it right. And, and, and the third thing is you learn follow-up. So if you call somebody, and this is, this is how it would go. Monica would come in and she says, um, did you reach out to um, the production office for? And I'm like, I did, I left a message. That's all you did was left a message? You didn't follow, follow back up? You didn't send an email? You didn't, and I'm like, no, I just called and left a message. And man, the whooping that I got for just leaving a message. For her, the moral of the story is if you don't follow up, 
you didn't do what I asked you to do. And so that's how I am. It's so funny how you start putting things into practice, not even knowing that which you learned as you were coming up. So casting was the best uh, breeding ground for me. And you were, those are iconic shows. I mean, you were there like in the heyday. That must have been like, tell us one really good story from that time, like a good celeb run in or something funny. Oh, yes. So <laughs> I had just had my son, Justin, who is now 28. And it was a rainy day and I was getting him out of the car because I was bringing him to work. And that was a beautiful thing about working for Monica. She was a family person. Um, she was a believer and she knew that I was raising my son and still wanting to work in casting. And so there were days that I would get to bring him to work. And so this particular day, I was taking him out of the car. Will comes out and he's like, I bet you need help. Let me, let me, let me carry him. Who is his? I said, this is Justin. So he picks Justin up out of the car seat, holds him and plays with him, walks him into the office, holds him for a while, takes him around with him for a minute, then brings him back and gives it to me. He was like, he's a good boy. I'll take him anytime. And I was like, that's so cool. And that began the, you know, now, our relationship. Yeah. If this was today, you'd have a picture of this, but I'm assuming there is no visual, exactly. visual proof. No, I have no visual proof that Will picked up Justin <laughs> at all. <laughs> was Will's first son named Justin, Justin too? Mm -hmm. oh. Now, did he have him after your son? Could he have oh, been yeah. named for your son? So basically no. you were the inspiration. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you credit. I'm giving you credit. Will Smith, if you're out there, well done. Uh, that's a great story. Okay. So then how did, so was casting just something that you kind of were like, okay, it's time to move on to producing. Like what was the transition out of just casting? When did that happen? I just, you know, I knew that I wanted to do something more. I said, you know, my, my exact words was, I want to do more than bring talent to the table. I want to be responsible for helping to curate the opportunity, um, you know, some, somehow. So I moved on from casting to agenting um, to, you know, to get a little more involved, you know, reading the scripts and all of that and, and understanding, you know, story for actors. And, and, and then I started representing music artists in television and film. And Usher was my first major client. But how'd you and get Usher? Like, how does that happen? I called his mother. I called, <laughs> his mother. I called the label and the label okay. was like, he's managed by his mother. And I was like, okay, I need her number. And I called her and I appealed to the single mother. I was like, you're a single mom. I'm a single mom. I work in Hollywood. I'm agenting. I'd love to find opportunities for Usher because I think he's a star. And, you know, what, 25 years later, 28 years later, actually 28 years later, um, we're still best friends and wow. like active best friends. Like she and her just, she and I just had a shouting match yesterday. Because <laughs> About I, what? Because she, was, because, because she was being a bully. Ooh. And, and, and listen, Janetta is a strong black woman. <laughs> Not only is she a strong black woman, she is strong and she's proud and she's smart and she's gifted so much. So they are doing, um, they are launching this series on own called behind every good man and her, her actual episode launches first because she's all that, you know, she's my best friend, but she's all that too. And so I was going off of her. I'm like, 
you first of all, you did that when I was younger, but you're not gonna bully me <laughs> on this phone call today. That is not what I said to you. And she was like, well, I assumed, I said, well, you know what it means when you assume? That's what it means with you when you assume. You know what you are when you assume. <laughs> so we, we it, was, it was the funniest thing after we finished, but um, you know, just, just, I literally called her up and said, hey, you're a single mom, I'm a single mom. I'm really trying to build something in this business. And I would love to show you what I could do for Usher. So at that and point, we, Usher was, was he even known yes, at all? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Okay. He was on Make Me Wanna. The, this song, uh, you make me want to leave the one I'm with. Okay. Back. On that song. And it was a really, you know, he was at a, he was like at the budding part of his career. And so everybody wanted him. And, but here's the deal. It wasn't the thing to do TV and film with music artists. Cause I was, I was above my time, beyond my time. Um, and ahead of your time. Yeah, that's thank you very much. That's what <laughs> above, I'm above, beyond, and ahead. I mean, come on, you're, you're basically you're, you're in the future. Nice you're just way. you're in the future. Okay, that's I the bottom line. Did. No matter how you say it, no matter how you say Ooh, it, <laughs> you just did what I would do, what I do all the time. But I love that. Thank you. I was for the record. For the record, um, and the only person that was really doing it was Will, and people weren't catching on that it was a mm. thing to do, and so, and so you know. They were constantly trying to, he doesn't need to do that. He needs to focus on music. He needs to do, he need, and she listened to me and she got me. And while other agencies, when they saw like, oh, oh, you know, like the bigger agencies, oh, maybe, okay, well, let's move her out of the way so we can get in there. And Jeanette hmm. was like, oh, no, you won't. Love no, that. I don't work like that. She's the one that came to me with this idea and this is who I'm going to stick with. And, and we stayed and, together until she retired from, from managing. Wow. I love that story. I love it. And I, the reason I love it other than, you know, it turned out you, you got a big start, you hooked a big fish is that it's such a good lesson, um, that it, just to do something unconventionally, like that's definitely not necessarily the conventional way to sort of, you know, connect with a personal story, but that's ultimately, I mean, people say like they want to buy from you. They want to, you know, they're going to believe ultimately in you and your vision. Not, you know, you have to have a good project or a good star or a good artist, but ultimately, right? Like it's about you as a person because you're going to spend yeah. every day with this guy and his mom. I mean, essentially yeah. on the phone, in person, right? I mean, I'm sure yeah. you spent every waking moment together. Well, yeah, we were together a lot. A okay, lot. So the yeah, it was great. Okay, great. So what was the transition? So you were managing artists for many years and then I don't know like where in the timeline preachers, preachers happened. Like, was this, that the first transition into producing? No, the, the preachers happened after I transitioned out of management. And what, uh, when, when year was that? That was uh, nine, 10 years ago. Okay. It was about 10 years ago. And okay. I had, by the time I transitioned from Usher, I ended up transitioning into working with music artists. Uh, I'm sorry, gospel music artists so that I can transition kind of the sacred mm. to the secular. I wanted to merge the two. And so I started representing, you know, the bigger fish in the pond, the Kirk Franklin's, the Mary Mary's, the things of that nature. And by the time I came to the end of that tenure, I, you know, it, right in there, I was like, okay, this has been good. Managing, Agenting, 
this has been good. Now I need to control the content. Now I need to be a curator of the content. Now I need the ideas to come from me so that I can create what I wanna see, what I wanna leave as a legacy, what, what I want my children to be proud of from their mother. And that's when I made the transition and um, uh, uh, Preachers of LA was the very first thing that I did. And it was a big hit for Oxygen. It was like a really big hit show. Right, which was a bit of an unexpected hit because I remember Brie Miranda Bryant, who I think was the exec who bought it. Uh, I remember talking to her about it and saying she really championed it and you know, it became something huge. So I want to back up a minute because I love to hear the stories of how something like that was born, especially because it was your concept. So this is something like just in the middle of the night you thought of, or was it more organic? Like, how did it come about? Do you remember? No, it, it, I had been having several conversations with just different people and, and other people have their own versions, their own ideas um, of this. Uh, but I was having a conversation about, you know, I want to do something in faith. I want to do something with preachers. I want to do something with people of faith. You know, what is it? And it just kind of came all together. And one of the people that were on the show, Dietrich Hatton, he had his version of the idea. And so it, everything ended up kind of coming uh, together. And um, what was it? Um, the, the exec at Oxygen before Brie got to it, because before Brie got to it, because Brie is in current, um, um, Rod Asa is the one who actually bought it. And I worked yeah. with Rod for, I worked with Rod for years prior with At Usher. MTV. With MTV. When, yeah, because right. we did some with Usher and that's where I knew him. And that's why I said, mm. okay, I'll let you guys do it. Because listen, that was the network of Bad Girls Club. So why in the world <laughs> right. would I bring a preacher show? And he was like, Holly, if you trust me, I promise to let you do it the way you need to do it. And he kept his word and he put Brie on it. Why did he put Brie on it? That's a, that's a sip of my tea. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> First of all, that Brie, Miranda Bryant, is a trip. A trip. A T-R-I-P, <laughs> which is why I'm still in business with her today. She's crazy. <laughs> she is the hardest note giving queen of all the executives in the business. She, she, she <laughs> will note you to life. And then her favorite phrase is, well, he's not visually inspirational. <laughs> That's what does funny. That what does that mean, Brie? Well, he's not. And what she's saying is, He's not cute. Right. So I have learned um, a lot from Miss Miranda and she has been a great partner. I'm working with her now on two pieces. Um, you know, and she's one of those relationships. And here's the deal, in this relationship, I mean, in this industry, it's really important to build relationships. Even when they are out of jobs, even when they are no longer the exec, you know, if it matters to you as a person, you want to be build relationships because when the lights are down, the curtains are drawn and the people are gone, relationships are who you want to see standing at your bedside when you're sick or when you're transitioning. And she's one of those. And when I tell you, like Janetta, mm, we duke it out. 
but that's my girl because she's going to fight for me and I'm going to fight for her. Right. And there's that built in respect there because of this history that you have together of yeah. kind of building something together. Yeah. Now was Brie involved? We're jumping a little bit, but obviously Brie's at a lifetime now. Was she involved in helping the Clark sisters come to life? Cause that's scripted. I know, but I don't know how much if she has any oversight in that department too. her being on the inside there. Was there any connection there? No, she's unscripted. That's in the film okay. side. So she wasn't involved in that. But of course, when the success happened, she was involved in making sure stuff happened on the other side. I love that. We- <laughs> I love that. Okay, so you can't talk about what you have you have right now because I'm assuming it's still under wraps, or can you? No, I mean, we've, well, I can't tell you exactly what it is. Or I okay. have to kill you, and I don't want to kill you. On <laughs> don't kill me. Don't kill me. Um, so uh, it's a, we've got a competition show for kids. I'll say that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the faithy space. I was going to say, and I know that's going to be, oh, I love that hook. Okay, good. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So, so back to, um, to, to preachers. So there became, there, a spinoff happened based on the success, which was amazing. How many seasons were there of each of those French of the whole franchise? Uh, six, well, five. Oh, wow. Two in LA. Uh, we did Detroit. We did Atlanta. Yeah. And then and then the network turned to crime right when we were deciding to either go back to L.A. Yeah. or to Atlanta. That's what happened. Got it. And so that was like your first time really producing an unscripted uh, series. What was that experience like? Like what was sort of like the best lesson that you learned from doing that that you brought on to then, you know, a lot of these other shows that you're doing like. Um, Love and Listings, which is on VH1 and Chad Loves Michelle on OWN. Like, you you know, you've gone on to be very prolific. What do you think? Like, what was because obviously like repping artists is a different thing than being out in the field, producing real people. So what was like the biggest change and what was sort of like, your biggest takeaway? Uh, understanding that you can either live or die in post. Um, so true. Uh-huh. So true. Uh, understanding that you've got to watch those numbers, um, you know, on the production services side. Uh, and under- you mean, but you mean watching your budget? Yes. Yeah. And then understanding, making sure you're hiring the right people, because if you don't hire the right people in the right role for the right genre, that understand nuances, you'll pay for it. And so true. Literally you'll pay for it because you'll have to hire new people to do it. And you've already wasted that money. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been, I've been learning it almost every show that I've been on. And, uh, and I think this was my last learning curve. So I'm done learning that. (laughs) And, and as we go, you think you are, you think you are. (laughs) My prayer is that I am. Right. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I think that, but now when it comes to talent, I'm going to always be a talent manager by heart. So this is why talent comes to me because they trust me. I'm going to always protect that talent. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to let that talent be exploited. And if, and if something like that happens, I'm going to fight to the finish until they are, um, you know, uh, repaired or recovered or something, but that's, that's, that's my, that's my first fight, you know, making sure the talent feels like they're protected and what they're saying 
is going to be represented in the right way. I love that. It's such an important piece of the puzzle that a lot of people don't get. And it's because it is make or break. When, okay. So when we first spoke, I, I was blown away by, you just said it. I mean, you fight to the finish. You are, you are just persistent as hell. And the Clark sisters is such an amazing story because it's, it's your baby that you fought for forever. So I want to hear about that story. And also like, the first bona fide pandemic success story that I've heard. So I'm just blown away by it. So talk about sort of like the inception of that, of that movie and, and the fight to get it made and then how it, you know, how it succeeded. Cause it's, I just love the ending. It's got a great ending. Uh, you know, it's 17 year journey. That's it. Started, just 17 yeah, years. <laughs> 17 years. Started with the family, made sure I could get the family, um, you know, on my side, uh, uh, trusting me enough to carry their legacy um, and walking with that legacy until I found the right partners. And I found the right partner in Shaquem. The timing was everything. I found Shaquem, Shaquem and I and Latifa connected. She's a was a huge fan of the Clark sisters. And we, literally walked into Lifetime and Lifetime was like, okay, so let's, how are we going to make this? And um, so that was before you had Mary J. Blige on board? Yeah. I, I didn't oh, have her. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No. Well, after meeting Shaquem, Shaquem, Shaquem ended up bringing on, he and Latifah ended up bringing on Mary and Missy. And the way it happened was, wow. you know, Mary heard that Missy was, I mean, Mary heard that um, Latifah was doing it. She was like, I know you're not doing nothing with the Clark sisters and I'm not doing it. Right. Oh, well, come on. And then Missy heard, I know you and Mary ain't doing nothing with the clocks. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and so that's how it all, you know, came to be. They got on board. They were involved. They helped to pr- promote it and support it. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Obviously, we brought in another writer to kind of help rewrite our original writer. Um, and then we, you know, got down and dirty. I mean, literally I lived in the field in dressing rooms on set, rewriting script notes, making sure, nah, we don't say that like that in the black church. Nah, that ain't how we would do that. Nope. Kojic people don't talk like that. Nope. You can't say it like that. I mean, there were times when my actresses wanted to, well, I want to change this to be so that I can, I said, well, that's not legit. So we can't do it. Tell me what you want to do and let me rewrite it. And then you can do it that way because I have to answer to the faith community who, who, are, who are like cult followers of this group. Then I have to answer to the network who still needs a commercial movie. Then I need to answer first and foremost to the family to make sure that they know I would never exploit them. So, you know, I was serving three masters as they say in the Bible. Right, right. And that's what's so amazing when, when you're basing stuff on true material with people living is that you really have to do right. And like you said, it took you so long to even get the trust to do it. You know, you can't, you can't let them down. So, so explain how this happened. So, so it's about to come out and the pandemic hits. So walk us through how, so you were supposed to be out doing red carpets and yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, yeah. So you, how long did the whole process take to make first of all? Oh, we made it in 32 days. And then, but to edit and everything like from soup to nuts, another 30 days. Wow. What? That's so quick. Yeah. Well, well let me say this. Another 45 <laughs> days. I, That's I'm still not, really I'm, quick. That's still quick. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, it literally took us to, to have one rough cut about 45 days. Now, obviously we had to go back in and, you know, do the finessing, but, you know, we turned that cut around 45 days and then obviously another three months, three or four months to get everything completely finished, colored, corrected, all of that. Right. Um, but I would say, and then don't forget music. But um, so we had all of these screenings set up, all of these events, these church events, these church visits, and one by one, they start shutting down. I was like, no, oh, please, oh, please, Chicago, don't shut down. Boom. <laughs> oh, no, please, Atlanta, don't shut down. Boom. Finally, I was like, okay, I got to do something. And I pulled my social digital team together and I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do A, B, C, and D. We're going to do virtual red carpets, virtual countdowns. I'm going to interview all of the talent in the movie. We're going to create things with other influencers as to why the Clark Sisters music has influenced them. We're going to have the time. I'm going to do this Zoom. I'm going to have this influencer do this. I just started naming up everything that I needed to do. And then I went to Lifetime and I said, we're going to do it all from their social media um, so that we can engage all of their fan base. And by the time we got a month out, um, not even, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, maybe we got two months into the actual premiere. Lifetime started seeing, the, they started following us and was like, you guys are killing it. Can't you just do it from our, um, our platform? I'm like, sure, we can do it from your platform. So they turned over all of their social handles, all of their logins, and we went in on everything and just started hosting. And there you have a successful movie. So And, um, and, and tell us about the success, because it's pretty astounding. Um, the success was the highest uh, rated movie for originals for Lifetime in the last four years. Um, and they and won a lot of awards on their end, like the the drama dramedy award, and um, and then of course, um, you know, we were Emmy consideration. Didn't quite get it, um, but it was just a. I'm just even when I think about it, I'm really surprised. I don't know if I want to say surprised, but I'm just really I feel very blessed. Um, on how that movie turned out. And as we, as I've noticed, a lot of the people were saying, this is the best biopic that we've ever seen on Lifetime. And they, uh, a couple of weeks ago, or I'm sorry, maybe a couple of months ago, they announced that they were doing the Mahalia Jackson project, which we're doing as well, but they're doing the Mahalia Jackson project. And a lot of the comments were, well, if it ain't the, the executive producers of uh, Clark Sisters, it ain't worth watching. I was like, <laughs> that's it. I mean, wow. Because most people don't even think like that. You know, they just know who the stars are. They're not thinking about who's made it, the quality of it. And that's yeah. the other thing that blew me away is like, you know, Lifetime movies are mostly known for sort of like rip from the headlines, crimey, you know, I killed my partner, abusive partner. Like, I love that they took a chance on this and it succeeded because it just proves there's so many more kinds. Of, there's so many more stories you can tell. Yeah. 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 And I, and here's the deal. They were, they were really good partners with this. Um, one of the execs I loved incredibly and Shaquem was a great partner because anytime there was a hard moment, he went and handled it for me. You know, he was like, okay, I got this. I'd be like, Shaquem, here's the situation. Don't worry about it. I got it. Pick up the phone later. It was handled. So it ended up working really well for me. 
Which is, again, another great lesson how important good partners are. Like you can't, if you, it's just, it's the end all be all, honestly. Yeah. So, all right. There's so much more we could talk about, but I know we both have crazy schedules. So what are, I mean, like you, so we've sort of like, haven't even talked about the fact that you basically like built this mini empire on your own. Like if you go to Holly's website, which I'll post in the show notes, she's just unbelievable. But I know you a little bit enough to know that you have, you know, big plans for your future. I just know you're that kind of person that's like just getting started. Mm. So is there like your white whale or is there something that like the Clark sisters that you're determined to do? Or is there like a a different sort of branch of media that you want to tackle? Like what's, what's in the, like the big picture for Holly Carter? Well, you know, there's this, there's this hip hop saying uh, that says, don't talk about it, be about it. So I've learned not to talk too much about it. Just know that the sky is the limit for me because I believe what I was put here to do um, is to inspire and impact change um, in media that hopefully offers a redemptive alternative. Um, I really want to inspire because that's where I come from. My father was a pastor. I'm a licensed evangelist, have a doctorate in divinity. And so there's a real purpose for me being here. I don't want to just, it would be awesome to win awards, but I think um, what I really want to do is see people changed by what I do. And I watched a lot of that happen with the Clark sisters, with people telling me, listen, I watched your movie 20 times. I mean, literally, now I don't even know how you do that, but <laughs> so many people talked wow. about how many times they watched that, you know, the film. And so, and it made them go back to church or it made them reconnect with their sister or, and that's, that's what, what I'm supposed to do. It's supposed to do that. And so, um, I'm looking to be able to do more that would allow me to impact more change and inspire more people to um, connect with family, believe in their dreams, because that's something the mother in the Clark sisters pushed. She pushed them to believe in their dreams. She pushed them to stay connected to sisters and she pushed them to have faith. And that's, that's my mission. So one thing I can let you in on, I want to make the Clark sisters a Broadway musical. Yes. I'm going to do that. A hundred percent. And by the time you get it all together, hopefully Broadway will be back open just in time. Yeah. That's my thing. Oh man. I love this. Oh, it's such an obvious, like done, done. Yeah. <laughs> I green light it. I, yeah. I received it. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely what needs to happen. So clear. I love it. Is your mind just always, do you sleep? Like what's your sleep schedule? You know, first of all, my husband calls me, uh, snorer the explorer. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> because he's like, you get your sleep and then you snore with it. I'm like, That's all right. Don't oh my worry God. about how Yeah, at least but, it's a deep yeah. sleep. Oh yeah. I get my sleep, but it's very, very often when I wake up in the night and my mind is turning. And yeah. it's always turning with ideas and this, I'm doing this. And oh, in the morning, I got to make sure I do this. And I got to, you know, and oh, I really want to, oh, I'm going to get, yeah. Yeah. So my mind is 
you know, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. And so I'm required to always be thinking of how to be creative because I believe that's what I have been born to do. You are so inspirational. You're so positive. You are, you're a light. And I really, it's so, it's very unique what, what you've been able to accomplish, you know, in this sort of, um, you've carved out a space and, and it's an important space because we need to be inspired and transformed, especially now. And, and what's cool about what you've done is like, it's like sort of like things that people would talk about and like, Oh, well, no one's going to watch that or no one's going to do that. And you've proven time and time again, that you can do something inspirational and have it translate into success, which is just a huge home run. Amen. I try. <laughs> well, you succeed, you try and you succeed. I'm so honored that, um, you did this and took the time because, you know, again, I know how crazy and busy you are. So, um, thank you for doing this. And I hope that we keep in touch and uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you. You too. Thank and, you. And, and lastly, people should follow you. Tell them where to, because you have great social media. You have a great team. So where should people oh, find you? Thank you. They should find me uh, at Dr. Holly Carter. Uh, doctor not spelled out, just um, the alphabets, D-R, uh, Holly Carter. And then I'm on Facebook as, as uh, Holly Carter as well. And then my website, of course, is uh, Releve.com. Yes. Yes. Okay. Holly, you're the one, you're the woman. Thank you. <laughs> you are too. I appreciate you. Right okay. back at you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye.